now we begin. This is the overture, or the triumphant entrance, and, and then the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is, the, it is the walk we are all called to walk, because we're not celebrating something that happened 2,000 years ago. We are celebrating the template, the model, of how we are called to live. And how we are called to live today was not just proclaimed for us, but sung to us so beautifully by Melanie in the second reading. It's St. Paul's magnificent hymn to the, the Philippians. And it shows us the mindset we are to have. It's a, it's a parabolic mindset. You know, we, we are given two minds. We've got the mind of the world in which we were born into, the one in which we swim in every day of our life. And then there's the, the mind of Christ or the attitude of Christ. Well, Paul is, is repeating a, a, a hymn that was written probably before he proclaimed it that was part of the liturgy of the day proclaiming Christ's attitude, how he entered into the world, who he was called to be. Very different from the mindset that's been given to us. Our, our mindset says, you start at the bottom and you work your way up. If you study hard enough, you get the right grades, you get a good education, you get the best job, you might go up the, the ladder, you climb the ladder of success, you get all the power that you need, you have the power to dominate, you've got it there. This is the American dream. You've now reached the pinnacle and the top. We breathe that. That's given to us from the day that we are, are born. But as Thomas Merton so beautifully say, we spend the first half of our life climbing the ladder of success only to realize we've got it against the wrong wall. Because here's the power problem with that kind of power. We've heard it a thousand times, it's true. Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the definition of corruption is that sooner or later it begins to fall apart. It begins to crumble from all of the dictators of the world, from Hitler to Mussolini to the ones that are trying to fascistly dictate today, they will crumble. As sure as we sit here, they will crumble. That's the way of the world. And they will dive into the depths of darkness and sin. An abhorrent place to be. That's the parabola of the world. There is another parabola. It's the parabola of the Christ. And here's how this one goes. This is the mind that each and every one of us is to have for this next week and the walk we are called to walk for this next life that has been given to us forever. It goes like this. So he was in the form of God. He did not deem equality with God as something to be grasped at, though he was all-sovereign, all-powerful, although he was one with the word of God who spoke, and he was the one who spoke, and the world was created. He did not deem the privileged place to be grasped at. Rather, Paul uses this beautiful word, kenosis. He emptied himself. He who was full, filled with life, filled with power, filled with <clears throat> love, began to pour it out. A beautiful, powerful libation poured out on behalf of all of humankind, on behalf of all creation, giving when there seemed to be nothing left to give, but there was an insatiable source that he kept on giving from. He was known to be of human estate, 
What's that mean? It means he was mortal. Oh, Paul is obviously saying that he is fully divine. This is the year 50. This is pretty early to hear this kind of Trinitarian talk or this divinity of Christ talk. Many believe it didn't come to him many years later. No, it was right there from the beginning. But he was also utterly, completely, totally, fully human. Today in the gospel, he's sweating blood. Today in the gospel, he is, he is so distraught with his disciples not being able to hear him. It is part of the human weakness. It is part of the human condition. Not only did he take on the human condition, and the human condition will always, always, always taste death. It, we are not called mortals by a mistake. We are mortals because, well, like I said, the last time I've checked, it was 100%. And so he was not only one of us and mortal, but he took the position. What position does he take? The bottom. That of an untouchable. One of the ones we don't look at. Ones we at one time called slaves. One we dare not make eye contact with lest we be contaminated with their lowliness, with their leprosy, with their sickness, with their sin. He comes down to the bottom and obediently accepting death and what kind of death? The most abhorrent type of death in the world. The death of one who is crucified on a cross. Naked. Bleeding. Shame to see the world looking upon the one they are crucified. And why is he descending into the bottom? Because that's where the sin is. That's where the corruption is. That's where the death is. The most enigmatic phrase that we continue to repeat is though he was without sin, he became sin to suffer for us. To give us a model how it's to be happening. How we too are called to relate not to those on the top, but to the dregs of society. To those who walk on the edges. To those who are outside. To the modern day lepers. To those who are poor and hungry and thirsty. Here's the key. This all-powerful, almighty, all-sovereign God. To this God. Nothing human. Nothing human, no thing human is abhorrent. Why? Because he enters into it with what? The one thing he does not give up, the one thing he does not relinquish, the one power that he has that changes the whole world. That is the power of love. God is love. God is able to kiss the wounds of the world and say, Father, forgive them. They, they don't know what they're doing. Because of this, because he entered into the corruption and the sin of the world, oh, what happens? God greatly elevates him, raising him above all of creation, giving him a name above all other names. So at the name of Jesus, as we so beautifully sang in the second reading, every knee must bend and every tongue proclaim to the glory of God, Jesus Christ is Kyrios, is Lord. That's a political term. That's the one who is in charge. 
We bow before that. But we also follow it. His path is our path. It's the path that we are all now invited to walk upon. It is the great parabolic path of descent. And we leave the ascent up to God. If we go down, we will come up. And then in the fullness of the kingdom, we will drink the cup of the vine of which Jesus says he will drink. We will drink of the fullness and the beauty of life and life eternal. We are invited to do all of that this week. And so come, let us celebrate our deepest identity, our deepest reality in Jesus the Lord.